This is Daniel Figella of Emerge Artificial Intelligence Research, and you're listening to the AI and Business Podcast. We've had some great brands on the show in the past year. We've had Raytheon and HSBC and Facebook and Google and you name it. But I really like the brand Rolls-Royce. I think especially as an American, we always associate it with the cars. But of course, Rolls-Royce is much more than that. They work on airplane engines. They work on vehicles for defense, land, sea, and air. They make massive, massive equipment. And this week, we actually interview the group director of the R2 Data Labs at Rolls-Royce, Carolyn Gorski. Carolyn speaks with us this week about their use of natural language processing for optimizing the supply chain. When you build machines as big as the ones that Rolls-Royce builds, you need to have a massively complex supply chain. And you're working with nuanced and bespoke parts. You need to predict the delivery of these parts and get a better understanding of the state of where all these moving parts are to deliver and create what it is that you're in business to do. And so Carolyn speaks with us this week about how Rolls-Royce is, again, leveraging natural language processing to help them get some better transparency on the supply chain. And she also speaks a bit about where they hope to use the technology to get a deeper view. In other words, where is the tech today and where do we hope it's going to be tomorrow? We like to do a little bit of both here on the show, and that's exactly what we do with Carolyn. We are consistently working hard to bring you great names from great brands. We really want to get a cutting-edge startup perspective, but also really big brands like today, Rolls-Royce. If you appreciate hearing from excellent leaders at big brands, please show your appreciation by supporting the show, by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes, what is now called Apple Podcasts. You can just search for the AI and Business Podcast. Drop us a review. Not only does it help other people learn about the show, which always means a lot to us, but it also gives us great ideas for content. When we hear directly from you about an episode you really liked or something that uh, really struck you well and you were able to apply in your career or in your business, those are the kind of tips that we share among our team and that help give us great ideas for future content. So not only are you helping show other people more about what you appreciate about the show and get the word out about the program and, and support us a bit here, but you're also giving us fuel to create something that'll be even better for you in the future. So again, drop us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts for the AI in Business Podcast if you enjoy what you're hearing. But otherwise, without further ado, let's roll right into this one. This is Carolyn Gorski of Rolls-Royce here on the AI in Business Podcast. So, Caroline, um, I think you know we're going to be diving into the topic of logistics today. And I think when people think about applying AI to logistics, they're often thinking about you know tracking where our trucks are, tracking our inventory levels. But for you folks, you've worked on some AI applications leveraging NLP for logistics and supply chain purposes. Obviously, Rolls Royce, a massive uh, industrial organization, you have a lot of supply chain needs. Can you go a little bit into what the problem was, and then what you guys have kind of built to help your cause there? Sure, Dan. Absolutely. So, yeah. I mean, just a little bit of context. Rolls-Royce obviously is a is a hundred year old plus company, and as a result, we were also a company that manufactures, you know, highly complex and very high value physical things. And as a result, we have a a very complicated supply chain structure. We also have certain parts of our supply chain where there are very few companies around the world who can actually make what we need from our supply chain. So there are points in our supply chain where there are some quite um, some quite high levels of, of, of risk in terms of sourcing strategy because we perhaps don't have an infinite number of suppliers who can actually yeah. meet our requirements. Yeah. And on top of that, we have 
or certainly did have, a real challenge with the presence of, of what can really only be described as incredibly dumb, unstructured data across our supply chain. So information held in PDFs, information on contracting terms, on supply standards or, or capabilities or even designs. On top of that, an awful lot of our supply chain information is either engineering drawings or it's mathematical notation or it's tabulated information. And those are three categories of, of data, which is very hard for existing kind of simplistic optical character recognition tools to actually extract reliably. So over the last couple of years, we've been working to develop uh, natural language processing and computer vision capability that actually allows us to extract intelligence from all of those kind of dumb, unstructured data sources so that we can use that intelligence to be much more adaptive, much more flexible, much more responsive in managing risk across our supply chain. And clearly, given the, the challenges that we've faced in some of our markets, um, global aviation being one of them, over the last 12 months with the COVID-19 pandemic, having that increased capability for managing our supply chain risk flexibly, being able to understand using machine intelligence to actually understand and do scenario modeling across our supply chain. That has helped to uh, support our business in making very significant financial savings in terms of its response to the pandemic, but also more broadly in terms of ensuring our business is fit for purpose as we as we come out of the pandemic in terms of managing the, those complex supply chain structures for the future. Yeah, and so there's so many ways that this can come into place. We, we've done a lot of uh, one of the sectors where we do our AI opportunity landscape research every year is supply chain and logistics, looking at everything in terms of matching loads to vehicles for for transportation to you know inventory prediction and and you know arrival times and whatnot. NLP in this space is is interesting, is novel, uh, and I can imagine so many ways that it might be leveraged. You know, I can imagine you reading news and information about your various suppliers. Maybe it's the weather in their area. Maybe it's you know, something about them having a bad quarter, whatever the case may be. And I can see that maybe being factored into what production volumes you think they may be able to do or what arrival times you might be able to expect. Or I could even see a system that just puts the most important news in front of a human analyst who can put it in broader context. Because of course, there's so much context for that dumb data to actually speak to business needs. Um, how specifically is, is NLP sort of working here? And, and what's maybe an example of where this is starting to kind of be able to inform our processes, inform our prediction or whatever it's doing? Yeah, no, you're absolutely spot on there, Dan. And, and interestingly, some of those use cases or those areas that you've just mentioned there are exactly where we want to take this capability cool, next. Cool, cool. In terms of the work that we've been doing for Rolls-Royce as a global entity in the first phase of development of this capability, we have been working with those tricky types of data that exist in manufacturing and engineering supply chain unstructured data sets. So those would, let me give you an example. Much of what we communicate to our suppliers is communicated through drawings, engineering drawings. So these are these are 2D drawings, which then need to be rendered into 3D geometries in order to be able to understand weight, in order to be able to understand how much waste material might be generated from, from making a component, and therefore which the supplier of that component um, will reimburse us for, of course, because they charge us for the bulk weight of the raw material and then the machined off 
material they reimburse us for because they resell that in a secondary market. So for us to understand, for example, you know, how much is something going to weigh? How much is it therefore going to cost to ship and transport? Um, how much rebate should we be getting from, from the waste material that's been resold by the supplier on? Um, we need to be able to render a 2D drawing into its 3D geometry. Now, most of those 2D drawings don't exist in CAD. They only exist as 2D drawings. So using a combination of computer vision and NLP, the NLP helps to extract the numerical information, the geometrical information that's written around the drawing, and the computer vision helps to manage the actual rendering of the drawing itself. You can actually turn your 2D illustration into a 3D rendering virtually, and that then allows you to calculate and understand all those questions about weight, about pricings, about costing, about logistics, about waste material that might be generated from manufacturing that component. That's impressive. Okay. I've, I've definitely never heard of this particular use case. Maybe that's one in every six episodes where I hear where I'm like, I'm wow, that's wild. So, so a 2d image, you know, it's, it's got all the various measurements and however it's laid out, I imagine it's, it's relatively complete, but it's only in 2d, but it, it includes all the information that would allow you to make it 3d. What you're saying that is that instead of sending those onesie twosie to a guy named Steve, who has to like measure them out and put them into CAD, they can be scanned, they can be put into kind of CAD at a first go, and then Steve doesn't need to build them from scratch. He can just fact check them, make sure they look right. I assume there's probably some adjustments to be done. And then based on what that 3D form is, you'll have a better idea of weight. You'll have a better idea of waste. You'll have a better idea of your important logistics metrics instead of having to from scratch rebuild all these in, in CAD. Am, am I on the right page here, Caroline? Yeah, I mean, one of the things we're playing with here is that the precision that you need to be able to make calculations based around your supply chain dynamics is not the same level of precision that you need to be able to actually manufacture the part, right? So we're not talking here about recreating a manufacturing guide. Yeah, yeah, we're talking yeah. about creating something which is precise enough to be able to use to manage the supply chain questions around that product, but not accurate enough to actually be able to use it to manufacture oh. something. Yeah, that's that's really okay. So great distinction, by the way, and I think that's obviously important, right? We're, we're a little ways off from a machine being able to reliably, certainly in any kind of first pass, come up with a to the micro to the micron, you know, measurement for some some jet engine part or something. But but to your point, you know, we can be a little bit rougher and still have the right idea for logistics information. This feels to me almost like, and tell me if I'm wrong here, Caroline, I'm just thinking from a business context and you've got a lot of rich experience there at Rolls-Royce. So I figure I should hear it from you. But, you know, I think about some of the problems of digitizing things like invoices, for example, you know, an insurance company or a retailer, they've got a bajillion invoices, they've got to drink them in, they're all in different formats. We might imagine that at some point, you know, that data would come in, in in a little bit more of a reliable sense. You know, invoices maybe in some dream universe will will stop being sent by post at some point. And and that maybe the need to do that AI transformation on the front end won't be as dire. Same thing with you guys. In the future, maybe or we could say hopefully, manufacturers will be able to send their customers sort of these these 3D representations to give them a sense right off the bat of what those those needs would be. So, you know, maybe we can imagine a future where that problem goes away. But honestly, maybe that's unrealistic. It sounds like the application you've built, you know, 10 years in the future, it, it, maybe it's unrealistic to, to expect that the people making the raw stuff, making the material and making the, these initial parts are going to be able to provide you with that and that you guys will consistently need this additional 
layer to drink in this silly 2D form and turn it into the 3D thing so that so that you can make uh, make decisions. It, it feels like it could go away, but maybe it won't. I don't know. What's your thought? Well, I mean, I think even if the situation does radically improve, which I believe it will, you still need to understand the longevity of a, of a product that's already developed in yeah. the field. So, yeah. you know, we, we've got reciprocating engines and gas turbine engines that, you know, may be used for anywhere between 25 to 70 years. So <laughs> the yeah. records that, that govern the design <laughs> element and, and particularly the servicing and maintenance and in-life elements around products with a lifespan of that length you know, clearly don't even potentially exist in PDF form. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah, you've got to pull out the sheepskin in in some binding in a museum somewhere. So yeah, that's curious and good point there. I think that adds some context that makes it all the more relevant as to why you guys are adding this layer. As we close out, Caroline, you know, I know you're thinking about the future of logistics. You want to be better with predictive um, you want to layer in some new capability to be able to help the business in this capacity. What are some of those things, you know, as you look forward to the next three years, four years working on AI and logistics, what else do you think is potentially on the roadmap that you're hoping to be able to unlock for logistics uh, ability over there? So we're very interested in that space that you talked about yourself, Dan, that idea of trying to understand scenario modeling uh, in a much more real-time way, particularly understanding uh, kind of risk factors that might come from, you know, issues such as uh, geopolitical risk, uh, weather risk, the kinds of factors that the kind of black swan events or even, um, I don't know what the thing between just a general upheaval and a black swan event is, but there must be something, black duck events maybe, I don't know, but those things that, that kind of sidewinders that come in and completely upend supply chains, we're very interested in understanding how can we use artificial intelligence to be able to detect the faint signals of those, to be able to present them, as you say, in front of human analysts who can put them in some context in order to be much more responsive and flexible and adaptive to to those challenges as they come in. And and again, I would draw an analogy with what we saw in the in the PPE sector across the COVID pandemic, which was, you know, catastrophic swings and roundabouts of supply across the world, which have still not worked their ways out. You know, there are still shipping containers in exactly the wrong place around the globe right now that are needed elsewhere and, and can't get there because we got to such a an extraordinary position of supply and demand uh, in response to the, to the challenges we've all been through in the last 12 months. So trying to be able to smooth out some of that risk and manage it more effectively is, is absolutely where we'd like to go. Yeah. And do you think that's going to involve, you know, the we occasionally refer to it as external search here at Emerge, you know, drinking in the news streams, drinking in the press releases, drinking in the weather conditions, drinking in the price of commodities if you're making the thing in, you know, the Philippines, you know, what's happening economically over there. Do you see essentially a number of strong proxies that could maybe help with your predictions and then being able to kind of calibrate over time some of those different factors to to inform, you know, shipping volumes or, or timing of deliveries or, or whatever? Are we roughly on on that kind of page in terms of where you're moving? Uh, yes, and and I think not only that, but we also see that this probably is only achievable collaboratively. So I I, oh. I, I think we understand that this is a context in which it isn't enough to build this answer for a single supply chain for a single global entity. It probably has to be built on a collaborative wow. model. Wow. Well, you know, I've got to say that's really ambitious and interesting. You know, we hear about the life sciences space and the medical space, uh, or even self-driving vehicles having some 
pooled or shared set of data about certain things because it just feels like there's a net good to all the companies, but also kind of a net good to humanity potentially. And it sounds like for you, there might be a consortium of big firms that have the data science resources and the supply chain data to come together. And that if incentives were aligned, that might be the only way to really skin this cat and help everybody with better predictions and better understanding. Yeah. And and, um, we've been doing a little bit of that too this year. So um, one of the other initiatives that we worked on this year is something called the Emergent Alliance, which is a a global pro bono data sharing collaboration that looks at economic recovery from COVID-19. And we're really using that as the, the beginnings of a model to ask questions about how could we, how could we do some of this uh, in a much more collaborative way going forwards. Cool. Well, um, you know, again, I've heard of that in, in other sectors, particularly healthcare pharma, but a little bit in, in autonomous vehicles. Really neat to see if something like that emerges in the logistics and supply chain space as well. I think that could be cool and interesting. So I'll, I'll keep my keep my ear to the rail on that front, Caroline. I know that's all we have for time on this episode as well, but thanks so much for, for diving a bit into logistics with us today. No problem, Dan. It was good to speak to you. that's all for this episode of the AI and Business Podcast. Thank you to Carolyn for joining us and thank you to you for listening all the way through to the end here. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you're not already subscribed to our newsletter where you receive all of our latest articles, interviews, infographics, and more, be sure to do so. Go to emerj.com and up at the top right, you're going to see a button for subscribe. You can enter your email address there and twice a week, you're going to receive all of our latest content. So if you want to stay ahead of the curve and be a better AI strategist with use cases, trends, best practices, and more, then again, subscribe at emerj.com up at the top right and make sure you're on the newsletter. In addition to being a listener, we appreciate you having you here on the podcast and it'd be great to have you join us on the newsletter as well if you're not already there. Anywho, that's all for this episode. I look forward to catching you in the next episode here on the AI and Business Podcast.